Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. And if you're not already subscribed, head over to YouTube, search Sports Card Lessons, and hit that subscribe button. I appreciate it. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Uh, Big shout out to Brad on IG at Outlaws underscore sports underscore cards for coming on uh, Monday's episode. I have to remember what day it was for coming on Monday's episode. It was a great episode. had a really great response. Uh, A lot of people uh, just enjoyed, uh, seemed to enjoy that episode. And um, I'm I'm glad, I'm glad it's such a great response. And I'm planning on uh, more guests, less me, more guests. Um, But today you've got me, 100% me. Um, And today, and maybe like, a lot of people out there, I am suffering from severe FOMO. Yes, I said it, FOMO. Seeing all these Instagram and Facebook and X and every other social media platform, people heading to the Burbank show uh, for a card show this weekend. And not only heading there, Right, but seeing these pictures and videos of the people in the airports making deals with their Zion cases open, and and you know, it's almost like a little, having a trade night at the uh, waiting to get on a plane at the airport. So that is really cool to see some of that going on. People making deals at the airport. Uh, when I looked at the calendar and I saw this show, I mean, I know I tried to make it last year. Uh, I know my man Carmine at Carmine's Cards. He was out there last year, uh, and I tried to work it out so I could meet him out there. Didn't work, so I looked at the calendar. I said, "Okay, I'm going. I'm I'm going to the next one," Uh, because I felt I really missed out. Uh, And then I saw it was Labor Day weekend. Then I was like, "Oh, I know it was going to be tough, you know, for me to go." So I said, "Look, if I can acquire a table, it it it." It, it may motivate me to uh, get out of, you know, some of my previous engagements, things that I had planned for that weekend. Uh, I did not end up acquiring a table um, and it was probably for the best. Um, but I'm saying it again. I'm going to try to get out there for the next one. Uh, and, you know, for me, it's flying across country, too. So if I go. I just don't want to go for a show. I just don't want to go for a weekend. If I'm going to go across country, it's it's a long flight. It's like six plus hours each way. Um, I want to, uh, I want to make a little mini vacation out of it, go to the show and, and, you know, just do some other things to, you know, make it, make it worthwhile if I'm going to be traveling that far. So good luck to everybody who's, uh, who's at Burbank this weekend. Uh, I know it's going to be a great show. Uh, Today's episode, Navigating the Hobby Dead Zones. (laughs) Uh, I've talked about this over the last three seasons. Uh, Something that I hate are these hobby dead zones. 
and I think I, 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 I say I hate them because I've learned valuable lessons on what and what not to do during these periods in the hobby. Uh, and, and first, we'll identify the first dead zone is, is right now. Right. And and again, this is my perspective. This is from my point of view. Um, this is what I see. This is what I've learned. These are the areas that I tend I in the past have tend to make mistakes. And and that's why I want to spread that knowledge to you guys. Uh, but right now, the you know, it's it's national is over. Right. There was over at the end of July. Um and there's like, you know, Burbank show is this weekend, right? So I am not there, but that's a West coast thing. We had East coast national here, um, a couple weeks ago. So it's really like the last two weeks of August and the first two weeks of September. So that, that four weeks is just a dead zone. You know, baseball is nearing the end of the season. Um, and the best time to sell off what football cards that didn't move at the national at the East coast national in August or June or July. I mean, this is, you know, this whole June, July, August this is the best time to, to be selling football. Right. Um, but not for buying it. This is not the time right now to be buying it. Um, it's the second best time of the year and i'm saying second and i'll cover that later it's the second best time of the year to buy basketball and hockey if you can find good prices on on basketball and hockey cards um but football cards have hit their peak right now right now they've hit their peak um and it turns into you know a flipping game of hot potato you know, who's left standing with this? Uh, these prices are up. And, and I, you've heard me talking about this the last two years. Like, I, I literally, I make mistakes. I'm still buying. I've done so well in football. I'm still buying. The end of August, the beginning of September, right before football season, I'm buying football. And I'm like, yeah, the prices are still going up. We're going to be moving this stuff. And then all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the, the football season starts and the prices start to come down. And then you're like, oh, no. Oh no, I, I, I'm in a position now where if I don't take a small, and I'm saying this now because now I know, now I've been, I've been through this twice already, two years in a row. If I don't take a small loss at the beginning, it could be a big loss later, or it could be put that card away till, till next year. So it turns into like a flipping game of hot potato. Who's left standing, you know, with the card. Because most of the time, and we know it, I talk about being at the shows, most of the people coming are buying the cards to flip the cards. Most of the people that are buying cards from me at shows are trying to flip cards. Um, there's very, very little, very few, you know, collectors that come up and say, wow, I want to buy this card and go home and put it in my collection. Most of the time, people are looking, they're on there, they're looking at the comps, and they're saying to themselves right away, uh, if, if I buy this at this price, can I sell it for that price? And I also talk about, um, you know, this last show where people were coming up and, and, and buying a card from me at my table. And then immediately they're selling it to the person next to me, the dealer next to me or the dealer behind me. Right. So, I mean, that's how fast these cards are flipping, you know, especially at a show, 
and and that really this last show really brought some realization to me about how fast these are flipping. I mean, I see a lot of people come up and say, "Hey, if I pick pick out six, seven, eight cards." From, from your case where you make a deal and, you know, that you do that, they take the cards. You never see those cards again. They put those cards in a bag and they're off to somebody else's table doing the same thing. So they're flipping those cards. They're flipping those cards somewhere else. They're not doing it right there in the show. Um, But it's a game of hot potato and who's left standing with that card, you know, as soon as the market starts to drop. Um. The last couple of years, I talked about it. I continued to buy football. Uh, and it's a crappy feeling knowing you have to price things when you have a card, and especially being a dealer and you've you've purchased the card at the wrong price. Um, it's a crappy feeling to, to put a card in your case over comps and try to explain to people why it's over comps. Right. And you're just like, hey, I'm into this for more. But you look, you know, as a dealer, you're kind of saying I'm really not good at what I'm doing. Right. I mean, honestly, when when I used to go up to people's tables and I'd say, oh, well, the con, you know, you're asking 300 and the comp on that is 250. You know, would you do time? They're like, no, nah, I'm into the car for 275. I immediately would think, well, you're not really good at what you do, are you? You know, you're you're into a card that's more than. You know, and now I feel the same way. Now I'm dealer. I'm on the other side of that table. I, I'm, I'm basically, if I'm telling you I'm into this card for more, I'm telling you, I, I really, I wasn't good at what I did um, by buying this car for too much money. So it's kind of a crappy feeling. So then what am I faced to do? I'm faced, you know, I, I either I'm going to sell it for less, lose some money on it. And you take that money, if, if I feel it's worth it, take that money, invest it in something else, or I take it out of the case and I put it in the closet and it's an investment that now is just sitting there for eight or nine months and who knows where that's going to be. And a couple of times in these last two years, and God's honest truth that I've gone to the closet like this past year and I said, oh yeah, there's got some football in there. Let me pull it out. I'd be like, oh my God, I forgot about this. Oh my God, I forgot about that card. There's cards I put in there and I forget about. And I pull out, I'm like, wow, this is a great card. And then I start immediately. I get excited. I start looking up comps on it. Right. But then immediately that excitement turns to, man, this has been sitting in this closet. This is money that I just stuck in this closet. It's been there all year. And I didn't even know it didn't, if it, if it gained any interest, right. If it was, if it's the cards worth more, if I could get more for it now, or it's just still the same crappy price on the card that I should have just taken the loss, you know, but these hobby dead zone, I just feel this is where I ran into those problems where, you know, I, it's almost like, I feel like I'm forcing a sale. Like I feel like I need to keep buying something and I'm, and, and, and I haven't really thought it through as much as, as much as I, I, uh, you know, that I, I really should have. Right. And I'm not saying football doesn't sell during the football season. Of course, football sell football is going to be selling all the way up to the Super Bowl. Right. And after the Super Bowl, people will have football for sale. I'm not saying I'm just saying buying it now is it's just not a good time. You know, um, selling football during the football season um, is really based on, you know, when did you buy it and where are the prices now? Uh, the reality is the actual player prices during football season um, are they're not built on hype anymore. So, so we're selling football, June, July, August, it's all being 
that's hype. That's all hype. Who, you know, everybody, Joe Burrow, you see the prices going way up. Patrick Mahomes is going up. You know, some people are going down. You hear people saying now, oh, Josh Allen, uh, I'm not, you know, did you see preseason? He looks terrible. I'm not, you know, his prices, I'm not buying any of his cards, right? So it's just a perception of the hobby of, you know, perception and, and hype on certain players. But once that season starts, Right now, it's built that 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 turns into the reality of their performance, um, and sometimes we build a player up, and, and you know, like Mac Jones, for instance. Here is a player that was built; his prices were going were were skyrocketing, and it was just built completely on hype. It, after his first season, they had one game they lost in the playoffs. His second season come in last year. I mean, his card prices were going through the roof. It was unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, you know, as we go into September and, and they're, they're, um, you know, they're getting, they're talking about benching this guy. All of a sudden his prices tank. He comes back out. He's still the starter the rest of the year, but his prices never rebound, right? That's that's the reality of the performance. That's the, the comps and the prices are built on the reality of their performances now, and, and and I'm using him, you know, but a player can play well and meet all the expectations, and their prices drop because they haven't done anything amazing, right? But that can be vice versa. Right. A player can can just play well and not do anything amazing, but play well enough where all of a sudden the prices start going up and people are like, oh, like this guy, you know, he's done something or he's had a great play or a great, you know, a couple of good games in a row. And all of a sudden the prices are going up there. There's really no rhyme or reason for who's going to go up or down. But. I would rather be making those decisions during the football season where I can see with my own eyes. I'm basing, I'm basing my purchases right off the reality of what I'm seeing the player doing. I'm not basing it on the hype and what, no matter what, and we've seen this time and time again, no matter who was playing great last year at the end of the year, you know, like a Trevor Lawrence, right? At the end of the year, all of a sudden he was playing great, brought his team to the playoffs, won a couple games. And that's all you heard all spring, summer, June, July, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. I I mean, I I know he's a great player. I'm afraid for him right now. I'm afraid for all those people that, you know, the hype and buying all those cards that what's going to happen if if he comes out and they don't play well, right? What happens if 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 he doesn't play well, if he has a couple bad games in a row, right? His prices are going to tank and they're going to be, it's going to be like the Mac Jones syndrome, right? They'll be like, oh, this, this guy's tanking. He's horrible. You know, so, so buying now football at the height of, of the, 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 you know, the height of the market, I'm going to say that where, where the prices have topped out right now, probably not a good idea, probably got not a good idea. Um, and that's, you know, we talk about, you know, Joe Burrow is another one. I mean, what happens if he goes out and plays poorly? What happens if somebody goes out and gets hurt? Right? You know, like I've talked about, I'm sitting on a pretty big Joe Burrow card that that uh, you know I have for sale right now. I mean, he could go out. He got hurt in the preseason, which was a little nerve wracking, right? But maybe that injury turns into something more. Maybe something else happens, or or any player, right? They go out and get hurt in the first week or the first couple of weeks. You know, they're all done. You know, I remember, I think it's two years ago now, was it 21 season, 2021 season, 
um, with the, the Cardinals, right? Arizona Cardinals, when they went like eight and one or nine and one to start out the season, right? But Kyler Murray's prices were going down. They were winning and his prices were going down. It was, and then what are they saying? Well, he's winning, but he's not really, they're not really playing anybody good. They have a weak schedule. That's why it's going down. Right. And, but all it takes is a few people to say that and it catches on and somebody's prices will start going down or somebody says something else and somebody's prices will start going up. There's really no rhyme or reason to it. Um, and then we try to speculate, right. As soon as the season starts, I mean, even before the season starts, right. We're all who we we were saying, Oh, we know who's going to the Super Bowl. This is who I think, or, you know, uh, Eagles got such a great team and they were so close last year. And, you know, I believe in Jalen hurts or this defense or stuff like that, but we don't know. I mean, we got to go out and start seeing how this season winds out and how these, how these teams are playing and, and what they're doing. Um, so this this just a time now, and I'm I'm using football all all in this right now. But this is the time now where, you know, I think we we sit back, or I am. You sit back and relax and say, you know, hold off. I'm not buying any football right now. I'm gonna wait to see, you know, what 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 happens with the season. And even for hockey. You know, and I'm going to speak for hockey because I did hot. You know, I, I was selling hockey last year. I plan on selling it again this year. Um, if you could find hockey below current comps of certain active players right now, I'm buying, you know, and I found, you know, a good number of those. Uh, I, I posted some pictures up. I talked about getting some cards, uh, some, some, you know, nice young guns cards, things like that. But it's tough. It, it's not easy. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of overcomp prices. Um, more more that these comps were built on where the player was last year and not what a current comp is. Uh, you know, uh, current comps. I'll see somebody selling a card. Hey, I want three eighty for this card or three seventy five for this card. And I look up the last few sales and they were two seventy and two seventy five. Um, and then I reach out and I'm thinking to myself, I know what they're saying and I know what they're asking. And I know they're asking that price because that was where the price was at the height of last year's market. And I'll just, you know, I'll message them and say, Hey, current comp is Bubba. I'd be closer to that. And they'd be like, yeah, no, I, I can't be anywhere near that. You know, I'm into this card for too much, right? So where are we back to? Somebody didn't do their job, right? Somebody bought at the height of the market and, it, you know, is putting it up for sale, hoping somebody else will buy, you know, at, at its top, right? So who's going to do that? Maybe a collector, right? But anybody who's going to be buying to move these cards, they're not going to pay last year's top prices, uh, but definitely seeing over comps on those. And I bought into hockey late last year, maybe too late. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit it. I, I decided I was going to get into hockey. It was too late last year. But I traded. I traded for hockey. I traded out of some football. I traded out of some basketball. Uh, I had some nice cards from basketball that I acquired at a really good price. So it was okay for me to, I felt, to trade out of them and take a shot at hockey last year. Uh, it didn't hurt me that much, you know, financially, you know, buying in late, but 
trading up, trade, you know, trading. Actually, I should say trading down, right? Take getting these two, three, four cards for this one big basketball card type thing. Um, because here I was in a position to try to sell a basketball card or a number of basketball cards. And, and I, there was definitely one or two episodes last season that I talked about that I really don't know much about basketball. So even though I acquired these cards uh, in a deal, in a bulk deal from somebody, and I knew I was getting the card at a very good price for selling the card, it's tough. You know, I feel if I don't know the player and I don't know the sport, I can get hurt on that. Uh, especially if I'm not following it. If it's a sport I'm following, football, hockey, I know who's injured. I know who's playing well. I know whose market is good. I know whose market is not good. Um, when I don't follow basketball, it's tough. I have to just keep looking up the comps all the time, seeing what they're selling at, how many are selling, are, are, are they selling daily, weekly? Is it, you know, and then some of them, or two of those were kind of, a, they were numbered cards. One was numbered to five, one was numbered to 25, right? So now there's a lower population not so many comps on these cards. So I was happy to trade out, you know, into hockey and really take a shot at, at you know, at hockey last year. Um, but I was buying it, you know, I was getting into these cards at right around what their comps were. And I didn't see the prices go up much on that. So this is going to be my, my second year with hockey, right? So I, I you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see that the cards I'm acquiring now, what percentages, is it going to be like football? What I've seen in football, if I could buy these cards in, in January, February, March, right. And then just get them at current comps and then wait to June, July, August and sell at current comps or just below comps and make money. Is that is that going to be the same with hockey or am I buying now and the percentages are only going to go up just just a little bit if and, you know, so this is good. This year is going to be a better year for me to identify, you know, am I doing it right? Am I buying hockey correctly? If I'm getting them at the right price, am I am I buying it at, at the right time? You know, last year, um, I still had a, high, a lot of hockey left. And, and I finished the year off uh, in April going to the Toronto Expo, right? Remember that episode? Talked about bringing my hockey up there and, and moving my hockey there because that was it. Because whatever didn't move there would come home and go in the closet, right? Uh, everyone there in April was still buying hockey, you know? So uh, it worked out very well for me. I put a plan together. Um, I talked with people that I, you know, listeners, you know, people I've met, listeners talked online. They said, definitely people are always buying hockey, you know, still buying strong in April. So, so I, I booked that trip and I went up there. We're here, you know, nobody was buying hockey in April. You know, there's, you just could not move a card, uh, a hockey. I could not move a hockey card in April. Um, so I was able to move a decent amount of hockey. Um, I still had probably 10, 12 young guns prospect cards, um, that were rookies from 2021, 20, 22, um, that the prices were just way down on. And even if I took them to, to the Toronto expo and sold them at their current comp, they were still too low. Um, so I just put those, those away. So I'm going to break those out. And now here's cards that I break, broke, you know, that I'm taking out now and I'm looking and the comps right now are better right now than they were 
in April. So when I talked uh, talked a little bit, you know, about you know the second best time, I I think there's probably probably I'm going to say the best time. So the hockey playoffs they run all the way, you know, to June. But you cannot. You cannot. So here's the thing with basketball, and I don't know much about basketball, but I know the hobby, right? So I know people um, every year is they speculate who do they think is going to go to the playoffs and they try to buy those cards, right? And then as with basketball, if that if the team they chosen and the players they knew were going to do well, right? those card prices jump up and they're selling those cards right away. As soon as they have a good game or two, boom, those, those cards are selling immediately. Right. Uh, newsflash. You can't, you cannot do that with hockey. I don't care what happens during the playoffs. Nobody's cards go up. Nobody's cards go up. They, they just, they go down and they stay down with hockey. It's just one of those. And, and I'm, I'm probably going to have people tell, you know, maybe saying to me, you know, you're not reading it right. Or, you you know, it's only your first year. You don't understand it. And, and it's possibly I don't. But from from my vantage point, what happened to me last year, it didn't discourage me. I'm back again this year. But I, I just know come April or May, th- there's no selling hockey. You know, it's it's not booming. It's not like it's not like. um the NFL, right? It's not like a Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. These people are going to the Super Bowl. Those two weeks before the Super Bowl, you remember last year, I was selling my Jalen Hurts and some of my Mahomes cards. I was excited to move, move, move those cards, and people were excited to buy them. A week after that Super Bowl, those prices were down 25% than what I was selling them for in the two weeks building up to the Super Bowl, right? So, and even on the team that won, which is just crazy to me that, you know, it, it, you know, even the Patrick Mahomes cards prices came way down a few weeks after that Super Bowl. So uh, it's, it's just just the way of the market, right? The way the way things happen. Um, it's what I've learned and I and I'm going to call it you know, learning these hobby lessons along the way, right? These last two years and, and finding these dead zones. Um, that probably, I'm not going to say cause bad habits, but probably pushed me into doing things I shouldn't have. And that as I look back on it and I say, so when I, you know, I have a card that I get stuck with or I have to put in the closet or, you know, it ends up being sold at a loss. I go back and say, what was I thinking when I bought it? Um, how did I not see this happening? Uh, and how do I not make this mistake again? And a lot of times I go back to these dead zones. I come back to this area you know, coming off a lot of hype from the national and East Coast national. And, you know, we're, 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 we're doing all this, you know, buying and, and, and then all of a sudden it just kind of, you know, slows down and it almost, it's like forced errors, right? It's almost like you don't want to slow down. You want to keep going and you say, oh, this looks like a good price. And, and this, and I'm saying me, 
I think that. And I get into things like, oh, this this should definitely sell or this I, I should make a little money on. And then it doesn't happen. I mean, it happens on some of them, right? But not all of them. But when I when I go back and identify where did I make the mistake, it's usually during the dead zone. It's usually during that area that I shouldn't have purchased. And I did anyways. And I talked about last week buying that Brock Purdy prism, you know, autograph card. And, you know, I bought that card with with a good a good amount of, of money built in that I could sell it but I didn't sell it at a huge profit right I I really didn't I sold it at half of probably what I I sold I sold I made half as much as I probably could have made on that card right but I was happy to move it faster than you know sooner than later because i did not want to leave that show with that card because i don't do another show until september and i i didn't want to be holding on to that card it would have been a card i would have to come home i would have to put online and you know try to try to move online and i just didn't want to do that so even when i bought that card i was had that buzzing in my ear like saying bro you, you know you're going against everything that you know you, you've been planning all year uh and uh, once I moved it, I was like, oh, I felt relieved. I said, okay, I'm made a, made a little bit, and I'm sure the person I sold it off to, they, they'll make a little bit on it too. I left enough meat on the bone on that one. Um, again, just happy to move it. So what does it mean for me after I get past this dead zone, right? I have shows in September, October, November. People are going to want to buy football. I'm not going to say they don't want to buy it. But if I can wait and I can hold off and I can see where the hobby goes and the market goes on, on all these players, who's playing well, who's not playing well. Um, my October show, I'll sell off, you know, what I still have for football and I have other things to put in my case. Uh, and then by the November show, or I mean, the October show. The November show, I'll probably pick more things up and drop, you know, for the key. I'm not going to be filling up a whole case. I'm not going to be buying tons of cards. But if I come across good deals with, you know, some good margins on it, I will buy them and put them in my case. Anything that I feel that, you know, I could move and, you know, make a little bit of a profit on. But uh, certainly not going all out buying a ton of stuff. Uh, not unless, uh, you know, a good bulk deal comes my way. Uh, I, I, you know, something like that, I would certainly jump on it and, and, you know, do my, do my best to move it through the season. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'll be restocking throughout the football season, but certainly, you know, when, when I talk about my first year doing this, that I had two cases of football and most were overpriced and I wasn't selling anything. And I mean, it was my own fault why I wasn't selling anything. Uh, and then I bailed myself out of that. And then, you know, last year I talked about, you know, doing so well to the national and East coast national, and then, you know, getting in trouble again at the beginning, September, October, just having cards that, you know, um, I had to move, you know, at, at, you know, less than I, than I purchased them for. So I could just take that capital and put it into something that was giving me more of a profit that, you know, I could make, I could make that money up on the, on the, you know, the, the back end and not the front end. Right. Or, or the, the opposite. I can, I can take the loss on something I've already made a mistake on, but then buy into something that I could get a good margin on and make some of that loss back. So it, it all kind of, will kind of even out. And I hope it makes sense in my head when I do it. And, and we, you know, you always hope that it's going to even out, but, 
it, it, it's never a guarantee. And there's sometimes it works out even better than, um, than, than you think it would work. I don't, I don't know if you guys could hear that. This guy mowing my lawn is, is sitting outside of my window having a, a phone conversation. <laughs> so, but I apologize if you could hear the lawnmower going by. Um, but, uh, you know, the other, the other hobby dead zone, you know, we were talking about, I talked about earlier is, is, uh, after the Super Bowl, you know, right. Waiting for baseball to start trying to buy basketball players that you're, you're speculating their price. They're going to make it to the, the NBA finals and their, their prices are going to go up. Um, and, and, you know, as a dealer, as a dealer, you have to buy right. You absolutely have to buy right. There's, there's, if you don't, if you're not buying well, uh, it, it just turns into, it could turn into a lot of losses, right? So you have to buy right. And that's, you know, that's some of the hard lessons I've learned uh, throughout the year. And I figured out better months over the last year, because I take notes of when I'm, I don't take so many notes when I'm selling things because mentally I like, I know when is a good time to sell what, but as far as buying things, I go back and I look, I look at when I bought things and how well I did on doing it and, or how bad I did on doing it. Right. Whether it was a good purchase or a bad purchase. Um, and a lot of my bad purchases came during the these hobby dead zones. So the, this is where this is where I step back, I take a breath, right? And even going into this one, I said to myself, "Hey, maybe it's a maybe this is a good time to maybe look at you know maybe some retired players, right? Some some you know some cards of players who have already retired, but." You know, people have, and, and this is, you know, always brings me into this basketball thing where people say, Hey, you could buy Michael Jordan or Kobe or thing. You know, you don't have to even, even if you want to do basketball, these cards are still selling too. Um, and even vintage, my guy, Rob sports card therapist, right? He, he's always saying, and you got to buy yourself some vintage. You got to get a few vintage cards. Right. So, I mean, it's a time that possibly I could look at that too. Um, I just know it's it, for me this time, you know, coming out of the national and East coast national and things being, you know, it's hard to say, you know, all right, let's take a break. Let's settle down. Let's step back, you know, for the next five, six weeks, breathe, see where that, see where the hobby's going, see where the market's going. You have plenty of stuff. I have plenty of inventory to put in my cases for my September show. Right. And then just, you know, take your time and work from there. Um, and it also creates a time, like it really challenges me to really find some off-season deals um, that are going to pay dividends in a few months. Because being able to find great deals now, cards that you know really won't be selling for a few months from now, I mean, that's it. Just doesn't get any better than that. That this, this is what it's all about, especially for me as a dealer. It's finding these deals now that of something that's going to really, you know, it's going to sell well in a few months. Um, so that's, that's where, that's where I need to put my, my efforts into right now during this time. Oh, that's all I got for you. 
I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I will be back Monday with a brand new episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.